day. Welcome to Lead Your Tribe. My name is Kyle Wood and with me is my co-host, Dale Solbottom. Good morning, Kyle. Good afternoon, some people. Good lunchtime, wherever you are around the world. <laughs> yeah, it's morning for us. Uh, today, we've got, I don't know why we haven't talked about this topic before, but today's topic is definitely for you if you ever wanted to run workshops, whether that's for your clients or whether you want to get booked by other people and, you know, run workshops for their businesses, things like that, um, corporate, stuff like that. Uh, and also if you want, you know, sort of what the difference is and between doing like a workshop and perhaps being like a speaker, like a keynote speaker, because they are different sorts of skills. But Dale, you over the last uh Four years, I want to say, I've watched you go from doing a little bit of this to it being like your full-time career. And I think that's really awesome. That's why I'm like, I can't believe I haven't talked about this yet because <laughs> I, I think it's, you know, it's it's perhaps a tough, daunting industry type of profession to get into. And um, I don't know, to me, you seem like you've always been very confident in in the direction you're heading and, and what you, what you need to do, I guess, to um to to be a booked sort of booked out person in this um, industry. Yeah, and and it's I'm not going to lie, it's one of the hardest cutthroat industries. Um, well, it's the hardest industry I've ever tried my hand at, um, and I've done quite a lot of things. If people have listened, but um, one thing I will say about it is don't expect. Uh, great results straight away and, <laughs> and that's the thing i i just thought oh yeah i'm good at what i do i'll be able to get these gigs but um for some reason i suppose this is like a lot of um industries kyle and and to be honest that's why when you said i think it's a really good topic i couldn't agree more because i'd say each week i get one or two emails from people saying hey i love what you're doing do you want to explain how you do this or how did you get started and um it's been a huge long process. I started doing uh, simple workshops for schools. Then I did a couple for fitness trainers um, and it's just kept evolving and evolving and evolving and sort of as I've grown and moved up sort of as a person. Um, I know we shared a lot of my story, Cole, but as I, you know, developed and became aware of being more sort of present um, and focusing on my health and well-being, um, things that I'm doing have changed. So, um yeah, I, it's gone from strength to strength. Um, I've presented in over 20 countries around the world. That just started workshops. Um, I always had a goal that I wanted to be sort of like a in-demand speaker as a keynote speaker. So a workshops, I find them more enjoyable, to be honest, so because you can – there's normally not as many people in the audience and you can build connections. Whereas, mm -hmm. um, for example, I did a keynote yesterday and there was 180 people in the crowd. It's only 45 minutes. Um, so you don't – have that same connection, but I suppose you have a bigger impact. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, so I found a way, I suppose, to make a keynote very engaging. Um, a lot of people will just talk um, mm. and I find that that's not for me. And, and that's for some people. And I think that's why there's so many options out there. But um, I found a way to make mine engaging, fun. I use a bit of humor and I use movement um, to get sort of my message across. So um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long journey. Um, at the start, I found a lot of people were hesitant to even give me a workshop. They're like, oh, maybe come back in a couple of years when you've got a few more runs on the board or you've got a little <laughs> bit more credibility. I'm like, well, it's sort of like you people out of uni. How do you get a job when you've got no experience? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all the job applications are saying you need experience. Well, 
how do you get experience unless no one's going to give you a go? Um, yeah. So I found at the start, I but and and I didn't do this full time, and that's probably one of the biggest bits of advice. And we've used this a lot, Kyle. Is don't start a business without an income coming in because you'll just put pressure on yourself um, and it'll never work. So I was still teaching full time. I was still running my um, fitness business, which was going really strong. Um, and then when I could um, on the weekends or wherever I'd do speaking gigs um, and it slowly just built and built and built until people started paying. Um, and it was just a snowball like that. So I don't know if that sort of paints a picture. And I suppose I'll, I know I'm talking a lot here, mate, sorry, but um, then I'm like, okay, well, how can I, what do I really value and respect from speakers and, and TEDx is one. So anyone that's done a TEDx talk, um, normally is got a little bit of credibility. It's not the easiest thing to get one and to yeah. do one well is quite hard. So that was, um, I set myself like a goal list, a bucket list, whatever you want to call it. When I resigned from my teaching job and started presenting full time is um, I wanted to do a TED talk and I wanted to release a book. And then the next goal was to speak on some of the biggest stages around the world. And what I've found is from doing the TED talk, then I was able to get a book deal. Um, mm-hmm. And when you've got both of those, uh, you, do you know what I mean? That, I don't. It used to be called that. I would have to like. I'd have to pitch. I'd have to sell myself and and do whatever people wanted to do. Whereas now, for example, his keynote yesterday, they just sent. Can you send through your bio and a picture? They they don't even ask me what I'm going to present on because they already know. Oh wow! So cool. I get to pick what I do now instead of yep. bending over backwards and <laughs> doing what any, anyone wanted. So. Um, yeah, it's funny how things change, but um, it's also quite rewarding, I suppose, when you, yeah, you sit up there, you're building an audience and you get them engaged and it, and you sit back and look at your journey. Um, anyone can do it. I'm just a battler from country Victoria in Australia. I was a teacher. <laughs> I, was a, I was a fitness trainer. You know what I mean? Like find your passion and you work hard. So I know I've got a lot probably unpacked there for you, mate, but um, yeah, yeah. if anyone does want to do it, it's like anything, you can really do this. Um, it's not going to be easy though. And that's, I suppose that's the message I want you to take away. Yeah. So something I picked up on there was you sort of had that roadmap that you kind of thought about you're putting yourself on the shoes of like, what does it take? And you, you, you count with like the TEDx talk. So doing a local TEDx talk, doing, getting a book, and then getting this higher end speaking gigs. Before that, one of the things that I, I can imagine comes up is people are like, well, I know I want to speak or I want to run workshops, but I don't know what topic. Yeah. And just before, because I know you'll have some good stuff to share, but my observation was you. this was like an iterative process. Like you developed it over time by running smaller workshops and you even did some workshops on behalf of another uh, company, I know, um, yeah. PT Geek and or PE Geek. And um, so, yeah, so, so maybe taking a step back because, you know, obviously to get a TEDx talk, you need to have a, a strong yeah. message or thing that you've developed an, a unique, I mean, those are ideas worth sharing. So a unique idea that's worth sharing. So, yeah, how, tell maybe tell me a little bit about how that that developed you sort of did that process yeah and, and this is um great advice as well and, um, and we talk about this with a lot of things that we've created that um how do we know what people are going to want until you do it so um i remember my first three or four workshops that i did and they were free for school so teachers after hours and be 45 minutes or an hour 
Now, that might sound like a long time, but it's it's not. That will fly by. So I did those and I tested games and ideas and concepts <laughs> that I liked and I was using and I'd created. Um, and each time I would see, I'd look around the room, what was working well, what wasn't. And then the next time I'd keep what was working well and then I'd find something else. And um, it's like telling a story. You need to build the engagement. You need the lows. You need the highs and you need to leave them with something. Um, There's a fantastic book, uh, Talk Like Ted by Camelo someone. Um, And if you... I've listened to this when I wanted to do a TED talk, but any presentation is the same. Do you know what I mean? You've you've got to build the engagement, mm-hmm. you've got to get the credibility, then you've got to paint the picture, you've got to suck the audience in, and then you've got to wow them at the end. Now, mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit more technical than that. Um, so then once I'd done that, I'm like, okay, well, this is going well. Um, and my good friend Jared Robinson Pig, he was running a conference in Dubai and he goes, Dale, would you like to I want you to come over and do one of your, your fun fitness sessions as a masterclass? So I did that and it went really well. And then I had a school in Singapore and Hong Kong. They go, can you come and do this? I'm like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm still working full time. They said, well, you need to quit your job. I'm like, okay. So then I was like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. So I quit my job and I started running full-day workshops. And the one thing I found, and this is so funny, and it's, this is where I've gone now, is to start each session. And when we did our trainers tribe workshops, Kyle, um, started with these icebreakers or connection starters, whatever you want to call it. Now, that wasn't even the main thing that I was talking about. But the feedback, and this is important, getting feedback but getting good feedback at the end, is people just wanted more of the connection starters. They're like, they're amazing. You're so We want more of those because they can be used anywhere. I'm like, that's not even what my workshop was on. Like, that, that's not even... So what, a- what was That's your workshop even... about at the start? Like, I'm just oh, it was curious. about teaching. It was about teaching yeah. and movement, and um, I had all these fun facts in there and <laughs> yeah. like other other things. And they, the feedback was that we loved the the eight. It was like I think it was ten. I would use four to start the day, four after recess, and then two after lunch. So I had ten connections start. They go, <laughs> we just want those. So then I'm like, okay. Then I started. I refined that, and I used those ten, and I went and run hour and a half ones. And then I started offering that to corporates and then I started offering it to other people and it just evolved. And what I found was I was naturally good at those games, very good at creating them. And I love that because the room, the energy is in, this crazy. Yeah. Essentially, that it just grows like that. Um, then you start researching it more and it, it just develops. Um, so now I've found a way to use those games to deliver whatever message I want. Mm. Um, so great question about, how do I, what, what do you speak on? Well, whatever you're passionate about, have a few different things. Um, don't, you can't charge at the start because you've never done it before, but the only way you'll know if you love doing it or what you're going to be good at or what people want is by getting an audience in front of you and putting yourself out there. And yes, it's daunting. I still get so nervous before <laughs> speaking, but once you start, I find I start every workshop keynote with a game. And that is what centers me. After that game, yeah. my nerves are gone. So people in the crowd think it's for them, but that's more for me. Whereas if you get up and start talking, you can tell when someone's nervous. So yeah. find something that works for you, use it with the audience, make yourself comfortable, and then just start having fun. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I like I like the other bit you mentioned about get, uh, taking on the feedback because you could have been headstrong and be like, no, the workshop's about teaching. <laughs> I'm going to just like, you know, persevere. But the fact that you were able to listen and be like, oh, well, yeah. And I guess it crossed over in that this was something you enjoyed too. So, you were able to say, hey, 
well, actually, I enjoy this too. So maybe I can just do something on this and show people this element. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's so important that you don't get, it is that process of running workshops and workshops and, and getting that feedback to hone that message. Um, that's an important missing step, I feel yeah. like, for a lot of people. It, uh, it definitely and that's is. Like I watch you do. And it, and it took like, how long did you, would you say that that took? How many, I mean, years? Oh, well, workshops. yeah, I probably, I probably did like a year and a half of it, like on the side, refining, refining until I thought, right, I, I've got enough confidence now to start booking venues and selling tickets and running my own events. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. And now I'm like, yeah, I think I'm nearly here. Um, but yeah, like, and still, it, it's all a learning curve. And you go each time you do something new or step up that next letter on the run, like, you, it, it's a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. But it, until you believe in what you like, and that's great if you think what you're doing is good, but if no one else wants it, you're not going to have any clients. And it's like if you're running a, a boot camp, for example, and you love just doing EMOM, so every minute on the minute, and you just want to do, you know, 45 minutes of burpees or something like that because that's what you love. No one else likes that, so you're probably not going to have any clients. And it's exactly the same. You need to – very similar, and I know these are some of our earlier earlier podcasts, but it's like planning the perfect session. You need mm. to have a lot of different facets in there so that it can relate to people in a different way. So um, now when I present, Kyle, I, I don't just jump around and go crazy. I've realized that if my energy is too high the whole time, that is not – people don't like that. Because yeah, they, okay. they can't relate to that. It's too yep. much for them. Um, yep. So there has to be ups and downs, sort of like a roller coaster. You have to build that yeah. like a ride. If a roller coaster was just all downhill, then no one would want to do it. Like it wouldn't be as exhilarating as going up and then dropping. So yeah. you have to do exactly the same with your talking. And cool. the only way you get that is by practicing. Like, yeah. And you can practice as much as you want. I know before my TED Talk, I, I recorded myself 35 times. But that. <laughs> That's all good, but I'm talking in front of a camera. You, I did, you know, hundred plus presentations to audiences as well, and that's yep. where you know you read the room. Um, yeah, you you just have to keep practicing, and they're going to be some ones that just don't go well. And that's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? You, you can't beat yourself up on it. And that, I think that's the biggest bit of advice: is don't be so hard on yourself. Go easy because. You're, you're probably doing something that a lot of people haven't before. Like I don't know many people that sort of do what I do. I've sort of created a niche. And yeah. anyone can do that if they believe in themselves and um, really, you know, keep going. Yeah, awesome. Um, so that's good. So that's like content, how to like create the content. The other thing I wanted to quiz you about is actually you mentioned, you know, at the start you were running a workshop for someone else and then, you started booking venues and booking your own. So any, you don't have to go through the whole process of that because obviously having run workshops as well, I know, you know. it's hectic, <laughs> there's a lot. But like some, so what are that, like some sort of tips or like advice if you're going to run a workshop to so say I'm a, a, I'm a trainer and I've decided, you know, I want to run a one day workshop for my clients and maybe the wider community on a specific thing what are some things I need to think about in terms of the lead up to the event and maybe actually the day of running the event too? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing is you need to get people in the room. Like it doesn't really matter how good your 
presentation is, your workshop, if there's no one there or you don't have an audience, it's not going to matter. And and you'll know this yourself that um, when we run our workshops together in New Zealand um, and in Australia, that we were able to do that because we already had a bit of a platform and an audience um, mm. And this is really important. Like you may be the best presenter ever, but unless you can get someone in the room, then all the other steps don't really matter. And and yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, and and you know that we we were able to. We probably thought we'd get more people to the sessions that we did, but we like we're happy with what we got. But we already had two established brands and platforms. Um, so that's where um, to get those people in the room. Sometimes you need to do a lot of favors. You need to. Yeah, do those free workshops and say, can you help me out? Can you share to your networks? Um, and and uh, uh-huh. that's that's what I did at the start with with Jared is I said, I'll run my session. We'll split it 50-50. You get people in the room. Um, yeah. Because I, I wasn't able to do that and I wanted to present overseas. So he had that, he had that audience already. So yeah, my cool. foot in the door was I was using his audience, but I was also building his brand and mine as well. Um, so, yeah, but then on the day, like, and, and you'll know this, there's so many different things to take care of running your own events. So, yeah. and like catering, booking tickets, venues, yeah. now we've got COVID restrictions, all these different things. Um, so that's where if if I'm being 100% honest, mate, it's so much nicer when someone books you <laughs> because <laughs> all I normally do is fly there, drive there, you present, you leave. You've got nothing else to worry about. Yeah. And that's a dream. Like and and like what and, and there's a snowball effect from the couple of workshops we did together, mate. We got yeah. a big gym um, in Melbourne that booked us out for the day to come and train yeah. their trainers because they saw what we're doing. They wouldn't have known that if we hadn't have put ourselves out there exactly, and done the event, yeah. would they? And we already had the workshop ready to go, so it was just yep. a matter of saying, "Yep, it's this it cost this much," and away we went. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, so for me, that's I really like how. You, your initial thing was like bums on seats, people in the room. Like that's the main thing you want because I know being me that my brain starts going more to like the catering and the booking the venue and all that stuff. But you're right. Like that doesn't even matter if you don't have people turning up. Yeah. Uh, Another piece. With that, sorry, mate. And and this is what I'm saying about bums on seats. I, I remember the first year I quit teaching, I was doing this workshop in Geelong. And I think I had, it was a full day workshop and I had three people buy tickets for the day. And I'm not going to (laughs) lie, it was the most painful, worst day ever. But do you know what I mean? I still did it. Like I I turned up and did it. And I looked in the mirror, I said, I'm never, ever going to suck that much at selling tickets again. (laughs) So you learn from these mistakes. Yeah, wow. And that was like a big motivator for you. Oh, but it was, I just, it was the worst day. Like I still, it makes makes me anxious thinking about how bad it was having three people in a, like they'd sort of enjoyed it, I think. Yeah. Just being nice. But oh, like, and that's the thing. Like, you always, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Don't. I could have very easily pulled out and cancelled it, but I, I did it, and oh, I'd never yeah. do it again. But <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, you, you learn yeah. from that. It was a very big learning experience for me. Yeah, yeah. The energy. So, so what now is like? You know, is the minimum number for for a workshop for you to enjoy it? Uh, I I need to have <laughs> probably twelve. 12 minimum 20 yeah. 20 to 30 is great um any any more than that depend like a keynote when you're doing a keynote like they're sitting down predominantly so you can have hundreds that's fine um i did one 
as a full day workshop for about 160 teachers about two months ago, and it was it was a great day, but chaotic. There's too many. So <laughs> yeah. the difference between that is a workshop. You want to remember nearly everyone's name. You want to yeah, build those yeah. connections because that's your best business. They're the ones that are going to spread the word. If you were personable, if you made an impact, um, they're, they're going to be your business card. They will get you more work. Um, whereas at a keynote, like you, a lot of people will come up and talk to you at the end, which is fantastic, but you're a bit flustered. You've just got on stage and you don't know all <laughs> these people. And um, yeah, but that's what I mean. There's different things that you can do. And like, I would never, ever recommend going and doing a keynote if you haven't ran workshops or seminars or, or done yeah, smaller cool. gigs because you need to be able to read a room you, and, and, and that's crucial. Yeah, oh, I like that. Uh, and I, yeah, I, like I said at the start, like I can see that in your journey, how helpful that's been to have done that. Um, the other thing I was going to add about workshops is about the ex- experience. Like uh, f- for me, treating that day, that person, they're coming to spend a day with you, a half day with you, like thinking of it from the moment they walk in to the moment they leave. It's not just a workshop, you know, I'm using air quotes here sort of as like a or a professional development day. Like it's a, it should be an experience. And yep. when I've been to events that have done that, they're, they're the ones I've had the most fun at. Yeah. And so what are some of the – so I think the first impressions or when people walk into a room, this is a, this is the thing that will make or break your day. Um, why – what are the, the initial experiences that you have loved, Kyle, that – have made you feel comfortable but also memorable yeah uh just having someone greet you it doesn't Mm. depending on on how you've set things up doesn't have to be you as the presenter obviously if you're the only it's just you then it's just (laughs) you but if you've got um so something i've often done at at workshops even the ones we ran is like i had a, a contact in that city who helped me find the venue helped me so even having them on board as kind of like a volunteer or a sidekick and getting them to like help introduce, I might be setting up for the workshop, you know, I might be, you know, doing something or going over notes or quietly freaking out. So, so having um, a, someone, you know, help me greet people. But yeah, also obviously people like to be greeted by the person who's running the workshop too. But yeah, I think even that, you know, don't have that awkward moment when people will come in and they're like, standing around there's a group of other people standing around like if that's happening your workshop's not getting off to a good start so i think greeting them getting them in giving them an activity to do um straight away is a great great way to like kick things off Mm. and and you can call these unofficial starters um there's a lot of different ones out there so before you actually start presenting that they're doing something else so straight away they're doing some activity and it might involve them doing and doing it with someone else. But I think the, the mm. message you just sent there, Kyle, is um, I love getting to every gig at least an hour early um, mm-hmm. and setting, having everything ready to go. So by the time that first person gets in there, I'm calm. And this is the main thing. I'm calm and my attention is straight on that person and I'll try and remember everyone's name because yeah. that's going to help me as a presenter, but it's also making them feel comfortable. And then what I do is I'll introduce everyone that comes into the room to the people already sitting down. So that's my secret hack for remembering their names because I'm repeating them over and over and over. Now, some people don't feel comfortable enough to start talking, but you can never, ever let someone walk into a room and not give them like, that's a, straight away, that's a no, no, isn't it, mate? Yes. 
Absolutely. And I, I, I've been to events like that as well, where it's got that cold, impersonal feeling. And uh, yeah, you are just like, what, what am I doing here? <laughs> Compared yeah. to yeah, instructors who like invite you in, maybe have the space set up differently to how you would expect. If I come into a workshop and there's like tables set up in oh, rows, yuck. like a classroom, the worst. But if the tables and chairs are all pushed up, there's like some sort of activity set out on the floor. Interest immediately, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, this looks interesting. Like, you know, I can't wait for the presenter to start explaining what it is we're doing. So I think thinking about that, yeah, that that full experience of all the um, sense senses. So, you know, uh, eyes, ears, you know, maybe you've got some music playing or something like that. Always you know, have music, vibe always. Yeah, there you go. Cool. I'm glad I mentioned that. Yeah, so yep. always have some music going. Um, and so I you think, do that at the start? Yeah, always. I have music going predominantly like because – it just soothes people. Music's great. And, like, have something that is very – I have, like, this 80s mix, like, of old awesome. – like, and, and people love it because, again, they'll resonate with a song. Oh, I remember this from here. Or yeah. People uh-huh. always say, oh, I love your playlist. It's really old school. <laughs> like, so – and. So there's no awkward silences. You don't you don't want to walk into a still room. And I love what you said about the layout. Um, people always say to me, how do you want the room set out? I said, I don't want anything in the room. If you've got chairs and tables, I want them all against the wall. Because what mm-hmm. ends up happening is people walk straight in, they sit down, they get their phone out, and they start. That's oh, their safety blanket yeah. every uh-huh. single time. Now, if people yeah. want to sit on a seat, that is fine. They can grab one and put it wherever they want. That's on them. That's not on me. I've created yeah. the space and I'm inviting that conversation, the connection to start. If they don't yep. feel comfortable at the start, that's fine. But it, it also freaks some people out, like you said. Yeah. Where, why, where's the tables? <laughs> no, nah, we're not having tables today. You don't need tables. <laughs> They're not going to help us. And then that it's straight away it's different, whereas people will have memories of going to a PD or a workshop in rows, in seats, all facing the presenter, oh, not one of these again. It's going to be boring as anything. Yeah. And that's yep. what happens. Yep. Awesome. Uh, there's one more thing I wanted to touch on, Dale, before we wrap up this awesome episode. Uh, and it's about like part- partnering up with someone. So mm. whether that's inviting someone in, if you've got an established audience, inviting someone in to like run a workshop for or, or collaborating on a workshop with someone. Uh, have you... I mean, obviously, we've done, yep. we did that, but have you done that um, at other times? I did that. I did that for the first year. I did that with nearly every workshop I ran because okay. I didn't. So, depending if it was Melbourne, if it was Sydney, Adelaide, wherever, I would find uh, someone with a pretty big name that I was friends with there so we could sell tickets together. Um, and as well as that, then you share the load because running a full-day workshop by yourself, if you haven't done it much, um, I, I still remember the first one I ever did, Kyle, and I had a dinner at your place that night. We were coming over for a dinner. And oh, I got right. home yep. from the workshop and just sat down. Three hours later, <laughs> my partner woke me up and said, don't we have dinner tonight? Like I was just so tired. Because as my emotions, I was, I was going all day. So um, I partnered up with a lot of people at the start because, like, I wasn't confident running the full day by myself and I didn't have the audience to sell all the tickets or probably the credibility. So sharing yep. that workload together made it made it better. Do you know what I mean? And, and like, when we did it, like, we split the jobs, whereas we're not yeah. doing it all 
all of us aren't doing one thing, um, yeah. which also means on the day that instead of talking and presenting all day, you can actually take time to enjoy the activities and meet the contestants, participants in a better way. So yep. I would 100% um, reach out to people um, and you don't always gel with everyone. Like I, yeah. there's a couple, there's there's a couple of people that we just didn't connect on the day, and that was fine. Um, I was still learning. I don't think they'd ever run these workshops either, um, and they were sort of going off my lead. So they were using some of my ideas. So it wasn't theirs as well. And um, yeah, they, they just didn't work. Whereas when we presented together, we already knew each other really well, um, and yeah. we 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 both have different skill sets. So I think we complemented each other. Whereas a couple of the other people I went with were very similar what we did and it just didn't really gel. So that's all right though. That's how you learn by trying these things, mate. So yeah, I'd, I'd highly recommend if you do want to run workshops and that way you, you double the size of your reach and your audience as well. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Have you, uh, you've done, you've done with other people as well, mate. Sorry to cut you off again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it was a good experience. A, to, to reach a bigger audience, like more yep. people that you wouldn't know to sell tickets to. And then also, yeah, that sharing the load. Um, and so that, I guess, would be my advice. If if you're going to partner up on the workshop day or whatever it is you're running, that you'd be very clear about who's in charge of what and try and stick to your – yeah, it's good if you can work with someone whose strengths complement yours because you mm. can stick to um, – your strengths and they can stick to their strengths. It sometimes clashes when you're both good at the same things. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that would, that would be like my little two cents there. Um, I know this is a broad topic, and we've, but I feel like we've covered some really good stuff today, Dale. Yeah, well, I, I know I've spoken a lot, but I suppose um, <laughs> and, and some great questions that you were able to throw in there because at the end of the day, there's you can – I know I caught up with um, – a 24-year-old the other day who's a speaker and he's done a lot of training in speaking. So he's done, you know, there's a lot of courses that you can do in public speaking and things like that, um, yeah. which is great. And and for some people, they may work. Uh, for me personally, I just found that the best audience you can have are real people that, you know, are probably going to be your clients one day. So, um, you know, try it out on them. But if you, there are great courses out there to improve everything. Um, the book Talk Like Ted was fantastic. And, and I think it's, that could be applied to any setting, Kyle. That could be, you know, a boot camp. How do you um, tailor that so it's not yeah. all just high intensity? So there's ups and downs. You've got the connection. Yep. You've got a little bit of a story in there. It relates back to something. At, at the end of the day, storytelling is one of the number one aspects. How do you yep. do that in all areas of your life? Well, um, do you know I mean that's that's running a workshop? So, yeah, there's a bit of a rant again there, mate. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think anyone that wants to do it can, but it's going to take a lot of hard work, and and it's very rewarding though when you put a lot of hard work in. And I know, Kyle, you've run retreats. We've done our workshops together. At the end of the day, when people leave and thank you and say, "Oh, that's one of the best days I've ever had," it's a very yeah. rewarding thing. And do you yep. know what I mean you don't do it for that, but it's bloody nice. Bit of a stroke for the ego. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Th yeah, thanks, Dale, for sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, yeah, I was excited about asking you questions. I was happy you talked lots because uh, you've got a lot to share about this topic. So um, to any of those listening, if you are interested in in this kind of stuff and, and you felt like we left something out, please send us a message and ask us questions and we can do a follow-up one 
on this topic maybe yeah. um yeah lots and lots uh or re- feel free to reach out to dale through various channels as well yeah uh, or, he's, he's or, like yeah yeah, yeah. You, you can yeah reach out it, maybe if you if you're keen i know um kyle we could you know essentially put together a six-week course of how to actually go about doing that how to get the venues and because you were very good at and this is what we we're talking about before that we really complimented each other and you taught me a lot. I was already running events, but you taught me a lot about organizing that because that wasn't my strength area. And so even when you work with someone else, you do learn a lot of different things. So, um, yeah. yeah. So if, if people are interested in this and running workshops or speaking and maybe just reach out and say, Hey, I might be interested in the course and yeah, we could think about it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks uh, for the day, mate. Chat to you. Yeah. Good to chat to you, man. All right. Until next time.